Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers and spiritual entrepreneurs to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and join our crystal movement. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we're going to explore the healing properties of green aventuring. But before we get started, I want to answer one of our listener questions. Now, remember, you can submit your own questions anytime at loveandlightschool.com ask for the chance to have your question answered right here. So today's question comes from an anonymous asker, and they say, I really struggle with classifying crystals like quartz versus chalcedony versus jasper, that whole tree and where stones fit within each family of stones. You know, this is a great question and one that can definitely be tricky to really understand. So let's take it kind of step by step. At the top of the pyramid, or kind of the overarching umbrella or category, we have quartz. Now within quartz, we have cryptocrystalline quartz, which means tiny, tiny microcrystals that you can't see with the naked eye, and macrocrystalline quartz, which are the larger quartz-type points that we're used to seeing, like clear quartz crystals, smoky quartz, amethyst, that kind of thing. So the cryptocrystalline variety is broken down even further. So in the cryptocrystalline variety, we have banded cryptocrystalline quartzes, which are known as agates. So basically, if it has bands, it's an agate. Now, there are some exceptions to this rule. This is kind of a general rule of thumb, but for the most part, this is true. Then for just cryptocrystalline quartz varieties that are not banded, Those are chalcedonies. Jaspers are a cryptocrystalline form of quartz that is not banded, so all jaspers are technically chalcedonies. Now again, there are some exceptions to this. For example, there are some rhyolites that aren't technically chalcedonies and that sort of thing, but overall, this is kind of the structure and the breakdown. So I hope that kind of helps put everything into a little bit better perspective for you. Now, if you have your own questions that you'd like me to answer for you about crystals, spirituality, or heart-centered business, or anything else that you're curious about right now, let me know over at loveandlightschool.com slash ask. And now it's time to dive into our main topic for today, the healing properties of green aventurine. So green aventurine is a crystal for wealth and good luck. And as you know, I always like to kick off these healing properties episodes with a little message about the stone. So here's the message from green aventurine. I welcome wealth and abundance into my life by consciously creating space for thoughts of prosperity. This is a really big one, so I'm going to repeat this one again. I welcome wealth and abundance into my life by consciously creating space for thoughts of prosperity. Because if you want to create prosperity and abundance in your life, you need to take action. You need to co-create with the universe. But green adventuring is good for so much more than just increasing wealth, prosperity, and abundance. 
It also promotes healing of the physical body. That green color is so intrinsically connected with the idea of healing, that this is a phenomenal healing stone, especially when it's really dark green, because aventurine can really range from a super pale, soft, minty green, kind of a pastel color, to deep, deep hunter green, where it looks almost black and will often have little specks of pyrite in it, believe it or not. It's pretty cool stuff. And I love this deep green aventurine also for connecting with wealth and prosperity when it does have those little golden pyrite flecks because you have two crystals kind of working together then toward prosperity energy. Green aventurine also helps protect gardens and homes from EMFs or electromagnetic frequencies, the pollution that comes from EMFs and electronic devices. It helps transmute negative energy into positive energy and also encourages compassionate behavior. It does this by opening and activating the heart chakra. So if you're around someone who has a difficult time holding compassion, or if you yourself really struggle with this, try working with some green aventurine. The stone is also known for stimulating willpower and confidence. So you can actually work with this at your solar plexus chakra, the center for confidence to instill some inner strength. It also helps with past life regressions. So if you're wanting to tap into the Akashic records, understand your past lives a little bit better, it helps you do this from a place of heart centeredness. So it lets you kind of see what happened without judgment, without shame, without guilt. One other thing that this crystal is great for is enhancing creativity in any artistic endeavor. And I really love working with green aventurine while I'm painting. Um, I love doing watercolor paintings. I find it so relaxing. And I think because of green aventurine's ability to really open your heart center, it allows you to tap into creativity from a really different place. Similarly, it promotes peace and calming. So when you're in that state of heart-centeredness, you're just more present. You're more calm, more peaceful. I've also found that green aventuring really helps encourage spiritual growth. So green is the color of growth. It's the color of branching out. So rather than just standing still or staying stagnant in what you're doing in your life, if you're ready to take that next step and push yourself outside of your comfort zone just a little bit, green aventuring can make such a great companion because it will support you during this process. So green aventurine is often confused with green quartz and mostly they're very similar, but green quartz will have the green color of aventurine, but true aventurine should have some little sparkly flecks caused by inclusions of mica. It's associated with the heart chakra, but can also be used, like I said, at the solar plexus or sometimes even at the root chakra. It's related to the zodiac signs of Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn, and Libra, and is related to the elements of earth and water. Its companion flower is the toad lily or tricertus, and its companion essential oil is sage. And I love pairing green aventurine with rose quartz as a companion stone because these are the green and the pink that we find at the heart chakra, the yin and yang or masculine and feminine. And I find that they make a perfect pairing. Now, some of the best green aventurine comes from India, but you can also find very high quality green aventurine from Brazil and places in Africa. Green aventurine is also known as the love stone, Indian jade, 
or green adventuring. And actually, this is an incorrect spelling. There's no D in aventuring. It's not adventurous. It's just green aventuring. And this comes from its sparkly appearance, which is similar to that of aventuring glass from Italy. So it has these little sparkles, just like the aventuring glass. And the staff at my new age shop, Mimosa Books and Gifts, also had this to share. The sparkles in green aventurine are natural and come from the fuchsite mica that gives this form of quartz its green color. Yes, that's right. Green aventurine, also a form of quartz, a quartz-based mineral. It's a go-to stone for financial success and luck of all kinds, so much so that it's also known as the gambler's stone. Some people keep a piece of aventurine with them whenever they make a bet. This can mean either a literal trip to a casino or else simply the need to take on financial challenges like a job interview, a tax audit, or even just sitting down to pay your bills. In magic and metaphysics, your intention is everything and carrying or wearing a venturing can help you remember your career and financial goals and in the process, do the things necessary to attain them. So a big thank you and shout out to my staff at Mimosa for that great adventuring info. That's it for the healing properties of green adventuring, but wait, the show is not over yet because now it's time for our trending this week segment. So each week I bring you a quick discussion on something that's happening in the world of crystal healing and spirituality right now, or something that I'm really loving that I want to share. So in this week's trending this week segment, I want to talk about something that I am personally so, so in love with, and it is a card deck called the ritual deck. And the ritual deck is a 74 card Oracle deck. Um, it comes with a little guidebook. There are a few different versions that you can get it in with a box or in a bag. And it's actually created by Cassie Yule, who I've had on the podcast before. You may remember her as the founder of zendout.com, um, purveyors of the most amazing handmade jewelry. Um, and Cassie has created this ritual deck. And this is a really, really cool thing. Uh, so it's an Oracle deck kind of, but it's a lot more than that. So this deck touches on runes and crystals and sacred geometry and color energy, and it combines all of these together and herbs and so many other things. It combines all of these things together into one deck. And Cassie in this little booklet that comes with it really talks about using this deck as an oracle because sometimes these crystals or sacred geometry symbols come up in our lives and there's deeper meaning, right? So it really helps you kind of draw upon the traditional correspondences with each of these items that's on each card as kind of a signpost or guidepost about an energy that maybe you should be working with in your life or something to pay attention to when it comes to those specific correspondences. But the thing that's really cool about this deck is that Cassie explains how these cards can also be energetic stand-ins for items that you might need in ritual or ceremony that you don't have. So say you wanted to work with some selenite, you can actually use the selenite card on your altar as kind of a stand-in for that crystal because it's an energetic representation of that energy. So this is a deck that I've really been enjoying connecting with. It's very exciting, it's beautifully illustrated, 
and it's just been super fun for me to explore. Um, and I really personally connect with the art style and with everything that's included in this deck. It was very, very well thought out. So I just wanted to kind of give it a shout because it's pretty amazing. So feel free to check it out. It's called The Ritual Deck. It's a 74 card oracle deck, um, comes with a guidebook, and you can find it at zendout.com. Well, I hope that you found a lot of value in today's show. If you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, of course, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. You can also visit loveandlightschool.com slash listen to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a future episode. And I wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to Joss Chica, who says, love her strength. I was listening to the Crystals for Tarot and Oracles podcast. Ashley was speaking about a one-star review, and I love how she took that one-star review and allowed it to empower her to keep using her voice to stand up for who she is and what she believes in. This was my first time listening to her, and it definitely will not be my last. Much love to you, sister. Jessica, thank you so, so much for this amazing review. It really inspires me. Um, If you missed that whole story, I'll quickly summarize. I got a one-star review. Um, because someone didn't really like a political topic that was touched on in our crystals for the mother wound episode. So yeah, that was pretty interesting. And I actually talked about the experience of getting this one star review and really struggling with um, whether or not to share it and what to say about it and talked about that in a later episode. So um, thank you so much for the support, sister. I am so grateful Uh, that you took the time to leave that message. It's really inspiring and empowering and it helps me, yeah, stay on track and and do what I want to do. So if you decide to take just a minute to leave me a review, I'll give you my Crystal Chakra Healing Step-by-Step class as a free gift. So once you've posted your review, just take a screenshot of it and send it to my team at support at loveandlighthealingschool.com. We'll get your class all set up and reply back to your email with details about how you can get started with your free class. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Visit us online at loveandlightschool.com.